When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me uh, this week. I've got a super amazing guest. It's Cola Boy. And he's talking about Agnes Varda's acclaimed 1985 film, Vagabond. It's a great chat. Uh, Kel Surprise, right? Me thinking my own work is great. Well, if the shoe fits. <laughs> All right. End of self-aggrandizement segment. Uh, let's dig into the real shit. Quick Cola Boy facts. Matthew Arango a.k.a. Cola Boy, is a multi-instrumentalist, singer, producer, and disabled disco innovator from Oxnard, California. Growing up in the multicultural mix of a white, black, Hispanic, and Native American family, his deviant disco blends rock, soul, funk, and the spirit of punk with Latino grooves. His excellent debut album, Prosthetic Boombox, is out via Record Makers and MGMT Records. Um, quick vagabond facts. Santoine Milois or, uh, to spare you my dubious French pronunciation, we can use the English title, Vagabond, is a 1985 French film directed by Agnes Varda, starring Sandrine Bonaire. It tells the story of a young woman, who the film describes as a vagabond, who wanders through the French countryside during the winter. The film was the 36th highest grossing film of that year in France. It was acclaimed by critics, and Sandrine Bonaire won the Best Actress César Award for her performance. Cola Boy and I get into much more detail about the plot and themes of this film, so shall we let the interview do the heavy lifting? Here comes my chat with Cola Boy about Vagabond. So the standard first question is, do you remember seeing this movie for the first time? Yeah. Um, the first time I saw this movie, I was probably 18 years old. Hmm. Um, it was, I was hanging out with one of the first bands I ever played in Sea Lions, these guys were like a couple years older than me, you know, they had a, they had a lot, they're pretty cultured as far as like music and stuff goes. Like in Oxnard, they were showing me a lot of French music and like uh, French movies and weird different kind of stuff that kids from Oxnard, we don't really are watching or knowing about, you know? So it was pretty cool. We were just kicking it in a garage. My, one of the bandmates is garage. We would just hang out in there and drink beer and, watch movies and hang out and uh yeah i remember we watched this movie and yeah really it's you know i really enjoyed it yeah it's really um it's really affecting it's like obviously (laughs) 
quite upsetting, um, not the cheeriest film in the world, but this fusion of the kinds of filmmaking that Agnes Varda was famous for, you know, narrative films that kind of fit in with the French New Wave structure. You know, she was heavily involved in the French New Wave and then also as a documentarian. And there is this kind of cinema verite feeling to it that it's like as though this is a real person and she's going back over this person's life and kind of reviewing her her last weeks and getting to the bottom of what's happened to her because her body is found in a field. And I don't think that's too much of a spoiler considering that it's the first thing that happens. In yeah, the movie. But, um, yeah. So yeah, just like just from a stylistic perspective, I think it's even more affecting because it kind of invites the viewer into what's happening and makes it feel like you're actually speaking to people whose lives were affected by this woman. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because this style is very like TV oriented now. It's popular in the States, mm-hmm. obviously, like with like the like comedies and stuff to have like a mockumentary kind of thing and so it's really cool to see that right. all the way back in 1995 you know like this far and like not saying that maybe she wasn't the first but the way she took this you know this this creative uh choice or like direction of the of the movie is really cool because it's like yeah it almost puts you it's like it makes you feel like uh in a way more connected to the main character even though you're not and even though the the, the interviews are not real it somehow makes it tricks you into feeling like this this closeness in a way you know or this intimacy even though it's like you're supposed to be you're you're watching these interviews of people who are talking about this woman after she died so it's almost like you can't be close to somebody after they die they're already dead you know so right yeah and i thought it was really interesting that it's like seeing the events play out as they happen and then having these little moments where the people are being interviewed and talking to camera and getting their perspective on what has just happened and sometimes it it doesn't quite match up with what your expectations were like the way that they feel about her isn't necessarily the way that they were interacting with her it's interesting because in the interviews a lot of them they, they seem so cold about her mm. and like kind of just talking about it like matter of factly but then when any time most of the time when she was interacting with people they were kind of like infatuated with her, or really curious, or you know, some of them were in like, in, like in, in love with her, like some of the dudes in the in the, in the movie. And like, uh, it's just funny because maybe it's on purpose. They're playing with that fact of like, oh, publicly you're supposed to be like, oh yeah, she was a troublemaker. You know, maybe she like this is what she had coming, or like she put herself in that situation. They want to come off that way in these interviews, but in the actual moment, you see the interaction between them that's much deeper and more. Um, more nuanced. Yeah. I was really reminded of uh, another film, which is actually a documentary called Dreams of a Life. That's a story about a woman who lived in London and her body was found in her apartment three years after she died. And she, you know, the TV was still on. There's like half wrapped Christmas presents around her. It was like this snapshot of where she was you know newspapers from the day around the time that she died and the movie is like part reconstruction so it's like very similar to the the moments in this film where you're kind of seeing the events leading up to uh this woman's death but also interviewing people who are in her life and and getting their perspective on her and it's just the same kind of like really emotionally gut-wrenching stuff um obviously i mean the, the stuff in that film actually happened yeah. um but the echoes of that were really 
strong to me. And the, the fact that in that documentary, I got the same kind of feeling is an indication that, you know, this movie has that same emotional weight, even though it's fiction. Yeah. Um, I, I, another, like, uh, something that's really interesting to me about this movie is that the way the, the main character, the way they portray her of, of uh, the way that she interacts, like you, we see like the interviews of people talking about her after she died, but then like kind of like thinking about her and her perspective, like during each of the interactions, you know, and like um, how she's so just, uh, you know, what are they, what's the expression in the wind? What is it called when you're just like rolling through town and then you're gone again. And it was so blase to her. So like, you know, but then you wonder yourself, is there, you know, you, you obviously think about it, like, you know, it's deeper than that, even with her. She wasn't just this like blank page, you know, and she talks about her, uh, you know, it's, I know it's just interesting because it's easy to at first just see the movie and be like, yeah, this chick was kind of a jerk, you know, in a way, almost like, and she didn't seem to care about anybody. I guess that's a debatable question. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think she really gave a shit about the people that was, she was interacting with, or do you think she was really selfish? As selfish as like you automatically kind of perceive her as. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the, the big mystery of this movie is what happened to her. How, how, how did she get to this point? And there's like little, very uh, vague hints mm -hmm. from her, like saying she hated her job and, you know, that she changed her name. Right, yeah. um, but no more information about why she wanted to just live kind of on the margins of society and was making that choice that it's, you know, she has lots of people offering her help and she rejects it. And it's just like, I don't want that life. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, it's, it's difficult to understand her motives and to really even assign any kind of personality or character traits to her or to understand why she behaves the way that she does because people who are you know houseless i think a lot of times the the uh first instinct from a lot of people is to say oh they did it to themselves oh this person is a drug addict oh you know just very dismissive and not questioning how they got to that place yeah. and to me, that is the central question in this whole movie. And it's not really addressed even by the, you know, the voice of the, I guess, documentarian and yeah. no one who encounters her yeah. wonders those things. Or if they do, it's just kind of like she, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about her. And the fact that nobody asks her those questions yeah, or, you know. You know, it's interesting to me because I know a lot of people, I grew up with a lot of people who did, who did the like traveler, like squatter thing, you know, who I know some people who still do it and they're my age, you know, they're 31 years old and they're, they're still doing living that life, and it's really interesting the parallels, the parallels between um, this movie and how, the way she was and her her sort of like uh, her her narrative or like her like a not narrative but her her outlook. It really is very similar to like the way actual like travelers and squatters like uh who who do like they make that like oh I'm against like society society or you know whatever I want to like live freely. Uh, they have this this very like, it's really weird how similar it is and it's interesting because in this movie it's so cool to me because you know even like i understand like i think like people who are like homeless or whatever and then like vagabonds or travelers i think those are kind of different you know in this because uh i mean they're both circumstantial and at the end of the day the root of them both things are the same but uh you know a lot of homeless people are like drug addicts or like have problems with drugs or have problems with like mental illness and things like that and the resources aren't there help them while as like travelers like a lot of people i knew they were like yeah i'm gonna go hop trains because i want to go on an adventure and i don't want any rules and this and that 
And it's really interesting to me because it's like you want to go against society or working, being a worker, you know, under capitalism and things like that. But like uh, at the same time, you're still reliant on like workers to like how take care of you, house you, like feed you, put give you a bed overnight. Like, and so it's really interesting in this movie how they show like the different, the parallels, like the sheep herder was a sheep herder. And they like, he's like, yeah, we used to, uh, we used to, we used to travel and do the same thing as you. But it was different because we were doing it because uh, it was cert- we had to. They say like we had to like it was to find to get work or something like that. And um, so it's really I love this parallel between those two those two worlds. Super cool. Yeah, and that's another good point is like people who she encounters sometimes passing judgment on her and saying we're responsible we are doing these things yeah, yeah, yeah. and you are making a choice mm. to not do those things and that makes you a shitty person but at the same time they're like infatuated with her too though they like right they they like her they're they're it's so i love this like uh it's like it's something that they don't want to be or they they see as like something that's like uh opposite to them but at the same time they can't help but like be curious and be like uh inquisitive ask questions about it it's really I think this is a really clever movie. Yeah. And as much as people will describe her saying, oh, she stank and she was just disgusting and whatever. But at the same time, they're like, let me give you a ride. There's, you know, there's something that's like enigmatic about her and she really draws people to her. And to me, that reads as shame when people are describing her negatively afterwards that it's like they in a way know that they didn't all do all that they could to help her or they didn't you know get to the root of who she was and so it's easier to just say she was disgusting and it's you know i'm glad that she's gone rather than having to confront maybe the way that they treated her or thinking about what had happened to her to to lead to the life that she was in or maybe they're even ashamed of like enjoying the time that they spent with her you know right yeah yeah i remember i remember like the one scene of the i don't know if they interviewed this character i don't remember but there's like a young a young woman and she was with her parents at the table and she's like i want to be free like that like i i'm I'm gonna leave too and to be like her and they're just like yeah whatever you know (laughs) yeah yeah parents were like yeah whatever okay yeah the the other film that this was reminding me of because all i do is just compare movies to other movies um apparently uh is nomadland and in that have you seen that Mm -mm. it's again francis mcdormand being part of a a traveling community Mm. and she you know lives in her van and she works little bits kind of seasonally for Amazon and and other places and then becomes part of this um, community of travelers and they all kind of gather in the desert in their vehicles and sort of help each other. And it's a little, it's less of a fatalistic view of that life and there's a little bit more hope and it kind of but it kind of gets more at the reasons why people would not want to permanently settle and in Nomadland, the lead character has lost her husband, she's lost her house, and it's like the pain of being in one place and having to really confront what's happened to her it feels like part of the motivation to keep moving. And with this film, it does feel like, even though that's not explicitly said, that there's something there. I mean, and that's me just projecting. You don't really know if it's just that she decided to say fuck it and wanted to just, yeah. you know travel the world and that was it but 
yeah, it's uh, again, that question of motivation and um, just wanting to know more about her backstory. You know, it's another another factor I, I just thought about too, is that looking at the clothes that she's wearing, I don't know if you realize she's wearing like a Letterman jacket, kind of like a Letterman, I think she's wearing a Letterman jacket, you know, like a, like a varsity jacket. And it makes me wonder like, you know, was it the point to make it seem like, you know, in school she was a, maybe a good, a good, not a goody two shoes, but like a, an athlete, you know, good, a good student or a, you know, straight laced and uh and then now that's like a, and then now she's just like a, you know, a traveler, squatter, whatever. And like, maybe there's a, that contrast was meant on purpose. If they put her in that jacket to like make that, uh, give you a little hint of her backstory in a way, you know? Right. And also wearing these like leather kind of almost knee length boots that have heels on them. And just thinking like, not the kind of shoes that you would want to walk around in if your whole life was walking and you know towards the end they're kind of like unzipped and falling by your ankles and stuff and it's like to me it was a, some kind of indication that that might not have been the most comfortable thing yeah and also just thinking you know there's like these reminders of whatever life she's come from but it also feels like she's taken whatever she thought she needed and just kind of grabbed a random selection of stuff and took off but yeah that that feeling of impending doom because you know what happens to her and the whole time it's just the explanation leading up to the end it's almost like you i mean you know what happens and then but you're waiting for it to like it's like you get told what happens at the beginning but then the rest of the movie is like leading up to it so you're still like you're suspense about what you already know is gonna freaking happen it's like it's, it's pretty cool how they like flipped it like that or agnes varda flipped it like that and like the music too how the music is like so subtle but so like uh the music is almost like a horror movie at times you know mm -hmm. yeah i was just you know I, I was listening to the music from it earlier and just like tripping out because really dark you know the soundtrack is really dark and like kind of menacing in a way and it's so interesting because the girl is yeah you know i mean i remember when i saw the movie i also was like oh my god you know sandra bonaire she's like beautiful in this movie like uh I was like an 18 year old kid, like right out of high school. And so to me, it was like, wow, this girl is like pretty girl, but who's also really tough and, and like, you know, not taking crap from anyone and like on her own. It was really, it's a, it's another interesting contrast from that aspect to it being like, yeah, but it's dark, the dark movie and she's die, she's going to die. And like, I don't know. It's the perfect movie for a freaking teenager. I think like a, when you're like, when you're like that age and you're kind of just, I don't know. It was the perfect time for me to watch, to see that movie when I did, I think. Yeah. And I think having all of that emotional turmoil, but also being beautiful to look at. Mm. And there's a lot of, you know, the countryside is quite bleak. It's winter and, you know, there's nothing growing. There's nothing green. But there's a lot of these shots just kind of panning across like empty fields. And a review that I read described it as painterly, that it looks like, you know, huh. reminds you of like a Monet painting or something. Um, oh, true. And uh, I think having that kind of contrast between the anxiety of knowing that the ending is not happy, but also having these moments of, of beauty and being able to find a bit of lightness in the dark helps you to kind of get through it knowing, even though you know that it's, it's not going to end well. Yeah, I th it's, it's this movie. It's pretty funny, this movie, when I watched it. Because at the time when I was 18, I was, I was this close to hopping a train with a friend and doing that, mm -hmm. doing this type of thing. I was this close. And luckily, my friend 
decided he wanted to ditch me and go on his own by himself. <laughs> so I ended up not going and I'm really grateful I didn't go because that's not a fun life. I mean, it's it's very fast and it's very like lonely as the movie shows and like, but it's just funny because right around, it was around the same time I saw this movie that I, that this happened to me where I was, you know, super close to doing the same kind of thing. And, you know, I'm disabled and stuff too. So it probably been even, even harder for me. And I'm, I'm just, I just laugh about it in my head because I'm cool with just watching the movie, with watching Vagabond. I don't need to, I don't need to experience that in real life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And especially, you know, just seeing how hard it is and that, uh, you know, part of it, part of the thing that makes it difficult is that she doesn't want people to get close to her and she kind of gets what she needs from people and moves on. But the process of getting what she needs is torturous and yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> and she but she has a good attitude about it too it's which is another weird thing because like she's never like i mean maybe there's some moments where she seems kind of sad but when she's talking she's like yeah uh, you know uh, this is what i'm doing or like when she's in the graveyard and then the mm-hmm. guy's like the guy's like hey do you know where you're at she's like no i came in in the dark and he's like you're in a graveyard you have to leave she's like do you have any work cleaning gravestones it's just kind of funny she's weirdly like it's like she doesn't realize how messed up of a situation she's she's actually in you know it, it's happening so fast she doesn't have the time to and maybe she's just so young too that she doesn't have the, the sensibility to really like understand like you know have a perspective of the path that she's on right and just constantly it's like her mind moves very quickly and then she's constantly hustling and constantly trying to just get little bits of food and get cigarettes and just be able to keep moving another day and so she gets these little bits of work but it's always like yeah like calculating in her mind how she can get what she needs from the people she encounters and it seems very stressful to me but like you said she just is like on an even keel the whole time and doesn't really let things affect her it's like other people around her are very affected by her yeah but she is until up until the very end is steady yeah and in the very end, it's like, it's the weather that gets her, you know, right? Right. It's not, it's like, a, it's like a factor that's out of her, I mean, it's not out of her control, I guess, because she could have like stayed in a warm place or like not been out walking in the snow or whatever. But like, uh, it's really uh, interesting that all these interactions with, have been with people in the whole movie. And in the end, what does her in is the weather rather than say a person, uh, you know? Yeah. So I think that's pretty interesting pretty cool too yeah and just you know kind of falling into this ditch and you can see her just kind of give up that it's like she's freezing and she's really struggling to keep moving and she just you know lies down and and that's the end of it and also the fact that that is literally the end of the movie and it's just you know black which i found quite abrupt and you know frustrating yeah and even though you kind of know that you or you know what the end result is going to be it's like finishing without trying to draw any conclusions and just leaving it open-ended in a way i do like that because it means that they're not trying to ascribe any motivation to her they're not trying to figure out things that they can't because she's dead and all the people who she encountered didn't really know her so there really isn't any way to solve that mystery but it's still like yeah bleak yeah good movie yeah really yeah. actually yeah you know like i said i i watched a couple of the couple of scenes before we did the interview just to refresh my mind 
because it's been a while since I've seen it. But now after talking about it, I'm like, dang, I can't wait to like sit down and have a another watch, you know, a real good one. And really like, especially since I when I when I was watching it a lot, I was young, you know, I was a lot younger. So I think my perspective and my outlook on the movie now would probably be a lot different. I'll probably be able to recognize a lot more things or notice things that I didn't notice when I first saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the idea of having that life feels a bit more romantic when you're younger. And as you get older, it's probably like, actually, I would quite like to have security. I yeah. don't think that I want to, you know, have to live day to day just searching for the basics that I need to stay alive. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, this is this is not the model for the life I want to lead. Yeah, um, this has been so great. Uh, I I really like being able to talk about movies like this that are you know have a, a bit of meat on the bone. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for for uh, bringing it to me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I yeah, movie and um, that was the first time you ever saw it, or you, you saw it before. No, first time. Ooh, so yeah. yeah. It's not super known, I'm surprising, in the U.S. at least, or in the States, or it's not very known, so more right. people should see this movie. Yeah, and it's really the movie that launched Sandrine Bonaire into the stratosphere, like, made her, yeah. you know, she would already was quite famous in, in France, but I think got her more attention in the States and stuff, too, so. Yeah, I think she won the award, the César, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. César yeah, Award? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, French academy awards yeah yeah she deserved it she's a great actress yeah yeah and it's uh one of those incredible things when you like see an actor who's played a role like this where there's no vanity to it and then you see her in in real life and she's just like this glamorous movie star it's like really striking how uh how different she is and yeah. I think that's quite a testament to her acting definitely all right well thank you again um yeah. i really appreciate this this is great yeah likewise that was fun all right take care ciao bye Such a great chat. Thanks again to Cola Boy for coming on the show. Uh, He has just announced a few tour dates in October, so get tickets for those shows if you live in L.A., Oakland, or New York. And you can also download and stream his debut album, Prosthetic Boombox, right now wherever you stream or download music. Um, It is such a great album, and it will make you feel very good and also make you want to dance. So listen to it, okay? Okay. Now a little inspirational work of the week from me. I fucking love The White Lotus, which is Mike White's new limited series on HBO. Mike White has had a very eclectic career, to say the least. He's written indie stuff like Check and Buck, uh, big budget comedies like School of Rock, and prestige dramas like Enlightened. Um, Oh, and he was a contestant on Survivor. You can't make this shit up. Anyway, The White Lotus is an amalgamation of the best bits of everything he's ever done. It's funny and it's poignant and it's a little bit mysterious. It is also so well cast. Every actor is perfectly suited to their role. Um, Connie Britton and Steve Zahn are in it. Jake Lacey and Natasha Rothwell and Murray Bartlett. These are actors who, even if you don't know their names, you will recognize them. But the crown jewel in this ensemble is Jennifer Coolidge. Everyone is talking about her, but I mean, I'm just going to add my voice to the chorus because she's just phenomenal in this. She is hilarious and the character is so over the top, but she grounds her performance in reality and you really empathize with her. She can be funny and touching in the same moment and she's just a joy to watch. This is the kind of role she's deserved her whole life. So the very least you can do is watch it.
right? So do it. Okay, that's it from me. Please tell all your friends about this show. Please recommend it to people. It really helps to uh, get the word out. And uh, otherwise, have a fun and exciting week. Be good. And until next time, bye. Could it be the giant pink dress? <gasps> you didn't like what you didn't like a Jimbo outfit? How dare you? I know. Hi, I'm Mijan. And I'm Nick. I like to call myself a semi-drag race expert. And I've never seen it before. So join us on our podcast, Whispering Hunties, every week for drag race expertise. And the exact opposite of that. Either way, it's a kiki. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, okay. How could I possibly take your cute cats that keep walking all over you and making me wish that I had a pet? Get get out of this podcast. I need a door slam like (laughs) right now as I throw you out of the house. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Right now, all stock outlets with USB ports are on sale. Ditch the need for bulky USB adapters. Upgrade your home with features like ultra-fast charging, allowing you to charge your smart devices up to 40% faster than standard USB outlets. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all the great deals happening this week. Save big money.